0: This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3
1: presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you.
2: Nice to have you with us today. It's a rainy, kind of lazy Tuesday, maybe already. Uh, so... Uh, take it easy on your way to work this morning high school fan zone tonight at six ranger baseball this afternoon at 1 first pitch about 205 uh speaking of baseball uh some uh, adjustments made over at texas tech yesterday promotions for a couple of guys as joe hughes goes from uh, director of baseball operations to an assistant coaching role and eric gutierrez goes from a volunteer coach where he has been for a number of years to uh that director of baseball operations so uh Couple of nice moves for uh, a couple of guys who've served uh, Coach Tadlock for a long time.
3: College baseball allowed the extra assistant coach. Uh, I think it was towards the end of last year when they actually had made that vote, and we knew it would be official for the upcoming season. Um, you know, Joe Hughes played for Coach Tadlock, and um, you know has been pretty much his right hand man as far as it comes to. Um, you know, running the baseball program with the director of ops position. It's such an important job. And um, now Coach Hughes, I can call him Coach now, Yeah. Um, has done an amazing job. He's He's been really, really good at that. And I would, uh, you know, you always hear Coach Tadlock give him, you know, a lot of credit. There's a lot that goes behind, on behind the scenes that the director of ops in each sport, and I think every job, every Every sport, it's a little bit different, but I know Coach Tadlock leaned heavily on on Joe Hughes to do a lot of those things. So uh, he did a really, really good good job at that, but um, those guys aren't coaches, and Joe's a baseball guy, and he wants to be a coach. And so even though he was really, really good at that job, there's, you know, uh, clearly he's, you know, knows baseball and um, he's he's a smart baseball man and all that. And he he wants to be a baseball coach. And so uh, there's nothing to say he's not going to be great at that job as well. So um, I'm excited for that opportunity because he's a guy that's wanted to be a coach for a long time and he's waited his time. Um, with the staff, he's been very loyal to Coach Tadlock. Probably could have gone somewhere else and been an assistant coach at a
2: mm-hmm. at a
3: program, and and so super happy for for Coach Hughes to get that opportunity, um, and for Gutierrez as uh, previously the uh, volunteer assistant after obviously after his playing days were over with the Red Raiders and the minor leagues and all that good stuff. Um, you know Gutierrez I'm sure gets a quite a nice pay raise from in, in right? yeah. the volunteer assistant to uh, being the director of ops and um, again, again another really smart baseball mind and all that good stuff and uh, to to have with the staff and um, he's got uh, he's got some legendary shoes to fill as far as I'm concerned with the director of ops and so uh, uh, you know it'll be fun for Eric too but uh, you know that's one of the things that I've, you know, we've always talked about with this program. The reason that they have consistent success is that they've been able to keep their staff together. You know, Coach Tadlock is very loyal to his guys, and his guys are very loyal to him. Um, and the continuity and all that good stuff is is great. So um, you're not bringing in guys that you don't know or don't trust or don't know your system or whatever.
2: You think you know, but you don't know them. Those kinds of things.
3: Yeah, you just you just don't know and, and so these guys know each other well and um you know hopefully that con- continuity ends up being the getting you to the ultimate at some point, but it surely doesn't hurt. There's there's no question.
2: I mean, Joe Hughes had been in that role for eleven years. Yeah, as long as Coach Tadlock yeah, has had the job. Just think about that. Eleven years and like you said, probably had some opportunities to go somewhere else. And then for Gutierrez, I mean four years. Um as a volunteer coach Mm -hmm. and so that's uh that's that's uh that's a long long time to go between paychecks
3: yeah so gutierrez will be the guy not wearing not any uniform anymore okay just like because the volunteer
2: could wear a uniform right
3: he could wear a uniform right he coached Mm -hmm. obviously coach first base Mm -hmm. all that good stuff and joe hughes could not he was in slacks and a you know pullover or whatever Mm -hmm. you know um batting practice jacket is usually what he wore. But anyway, um, so, um, you know, Hughes will be in uniform now and Gutierrez will not be. He's not allowed to coach on game day or anything like that.
2: He'd be in charge of getting everybody yeah. wherever they need to go to.
3: Yeah. It, it, you could talk differently to, to basketball, how they it, how it is. I can only speak to the way it's done with basketball. I've only traveled with one team. But, the I mean, the director of operations, I mean, handles everything from – all the travel to the food getting there mm-hmm. um, to, you know, what time the team leaves. And I mean, there's just a million different things, the hotel rooms, which who's who's got who, who's roommates and the flights. And I mean, there's just a million different things. Plus, I, I, I'm I'm pretty sure that Joe also, you know, so he was in the dugout, Joe Hughes, and he would he would um, track the pitches and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So. Um, you know, he, there was some baseball stuff to it, but it was almost more business stuff than baseball stuff. And so now he gets to be a baseball guy, which I'm super excited for him.
2: So any, any idea what aspect of the team that he would coach or help coach, or is there a position group that, that, uh, that he would be more maybe heavily involved with that?
3: I would assume outfielders, Joe, Joe played outfield. So I would, that's what I would assume. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay
2: all right so you got uh you got that and then they uh they're putting some finishing touches on things over there um, uh, at least from the the player's perspective i think that from what i i think i was listening to tech talk yesterday they were talking a little bit about this that still have some some work to do on some of like the hitting cages and stuff like that but it's almost done right
3: yeah just just a little bit of stuff on the outside over there on the hitting cage side is is not completely finished up or whatever but as far as the inside for the the team coach has said that the team has spent a lot of time in there, hanging out in there, and man, it's gorgeous. It's it's beautiful. Okay, yeah. okay. They they did an amazing job.
2: Six uh, twenty one this morning here on the morning drive. Take your thoughts and comments on the Yates Flooring Center chat line, and uh, hit you up as well on the uh, Visual Edge IT hotline. Uh, job that's uh, open, and I'm I'm curious about this just from the standpoint of how this affects their uh, their star player who's who's injured and will only be like – I mean, he'll be half the player he was because he's not going to pitch this next year, but he's still going to be really, really good at the plate. Uh, Phil Nevin is not going to return as the manager of the Los Angeles Angels. They made that announcement yesterday. And uh, in in the meantime, you know, Shohei Otani uh, has had his surgery and actually came back for the last weekend just to be around the team a little bit. And so you wonder with the injury and with the managerial change – do the Angels have a chance to retain him? I guess they would have a chance to retain him, but uh, it's certainly a different thing for him than it was, say, 90 days ago or 60 days ago before the injury. Um, and you kind of wonder, okay, just, do teams take a gamble that hey, it's not going to be able to pitch for a full year? It's probably probably not going to want to take that much of a haircut. Um, and do the, do the Angels go find someone that is Shohei-friendly?
3: Yes, yeah, it's interesting for a team, I mean, because you're going to pay one amount if you feel like he's only a hitter. You're going to pay a different amount if you feel he's only a pitcher, and you're going to pay a different amount if you feel like he can do both.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So obviously you're banking on if you're going to pay the ultimate, you're banking on, okay, we're not going to get him as a pitcher for this year, but we will the next year, but we'll still get him for this hitter immediately. And when he does come back that next year as a pitcher, he's going to be the same pitcher. So there's a lot of faith and guessing and all that good stuff going on. Yeah. Uh, so it's an interesting position. Um, you can speak for your favorite team, Jeff. You can speak for your favorite team. I'll, I'll speak for my favorite team. I would not want them paying top dollar for Shohei Otani. I would not. I, I just he may be. If if I think if I was Otani, I would sign like a a 3 year deal or something. I don't I don't know. That I think that's what teams would want to sign a short term deal mm-hmm. where maybe he's not getting as much but then knowing okay I, I can prove that I'm good in a short short deal.
2: Yeah, know, he's after a pitch couple it all years, this next years.
3: Yeah, after a couple years and then I can get the big deal after that. You know, cuz I just would not want my team going all in just not knowing. <sighs>
2: Uh, The other uh, wild-card games today, the Blue Jays and the Twins will play in Minnesota. That's a three thirty first pitch. And then tonight, National League wild-card games, Arizona and Milwaukee at 6. And then the Marlins and the Phillies from Philadelphia at 7.
0: Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction.
2: Uh, Coach uh, Joy McGuire meeting uh, with the media yesterday. A um, couple of uh, injury notes. Uh, they do expect to have Dadrian Taylor Demerson back. Uh, he had to leave the game um, in, uh, on Saturday because of back spasms. So that'll be good for your secondary. You're going to need him mm-hmm. because of uh, Baylor having their uh, starting quarterback, Blake Chapin, back, uh, who Coach McGarve says uh, brings a, a, a lot of energy and a lot of maturity and uh, that their comeback says a lot about them. Uh, he also said uh, that Duda Banks will be back, and that will be huge to get him back in rotation in that defensive line. Um, they feel like Jordan Brown, who was out last week because he tweaked a hip that he'd had surgery on. He's day-to-day moving around, but they expect him back this week. So there's uh, there's three players that uh, that you're going to get back. And then uh, Jacob Rodriguez, they, th- they think – they think he could be back for the K State game, um, but uh, if if not, uh, then the BYU game. So he's progressing. They're gonna take a look at his foot again. Remember he was hurt the first half at Wyoming, and that. And while Ben Roberts has played really, really well in his stead, it's it's affected your depth. Sure. So um, you certainly would love to have him. Uh, would love to have him back. Uh, one of the things that that he spoke about yesterday and i mean it, i mean anybody that went to the game or listened to the game or looked at the notes after the game uh, but coach mcguire really i mean he he reiterated this a couple of times about how they got dominated last year and that was that was really the one game where you just felt like it was a mismatch for whatever mm-hmm. reason
3: yeah and ultimately you made it he made it a game he got it back to a 24-17 game late in the third quarter, and you still had, had a shot, even though you had just kicked it around and mm-hmm. just looked just just completely mismatched, like you said, for, for you know, much of that game. And then you gave yourself a shot, and then and then it just kind of slipped through your hands late in the game.
2: Yeah, and, you know, you, you kind of look at the final score. It's 45-17. And they scored three unanswered touchdowns in the fourth quarter, Baylor did. Um but you count, you look at some of the numbers and go, okay, 59 yards or 59 rushes for 231 yards and then from a passing standpoint, 19 to 30, 211. but uh, the Red Raiders only with 159 yards passing, 149 yards on the ground. And, um, and the other thing that Baylor did is they capitalized. Um, and so did you, but they' had five red zone chances and, and got touchdowns in all of them. They were twelve of twenty on third down, and um, Tech had three red zone chances, scored in all of them, scored touchdowns in all of them, and eight of fifteen on um, on third down. But time of possession was, for Baylor was forty minutes and seventeen seconds, and Tech nineteen forty three. And while they really don't look at that as a big number, it just you could not get off the could not get them off the
3: field. Yeah, they dominated the their offensive line, dominated your defensive line, and, and that was, a, you know, a huge factor in in the contest. With just couldn't get them off the field and couldn't get your offense going.
2: But I think probably for any any coach, um, when they and when they look at you know a game or even a game a year later, you know it's one thing to get beat, but probably for them to have to admit because it was right there in front of everybody. That they got dominated. That's a that's a pretty big pill to swallow. Yeah, sure. That that probably doesn't go away anytime soon. And he said he said last year we were really dominated at the point of attack. You know, the offensive line, the defensive line. He said, We have got to do a better job. We were dominated last year. Yeah. You know, they finished the game dominating us. (laughs) So, um, you know, again, just kind of re- repeated that uh, over and over and over. And so that's, um, I'm sure, something that's uh, resonated with them uh, this week and their or will uh, when they have their conversations with, um, you know, the team and, and whatnot. Another uh, thing
4: that I kind of feel like about last year's game that, and I, I, I kind of equate it to a basketball game where one team gets up big. The other team comes back and charges back to get it close. Maybe not take the the lead all the way, but gets it close. And then the other team is like, oh, okay, well, we're going again. So thanks for playing, and we'll see you later. Like, you used all your energy to get it back to within a score. Yeah. And you're like, all right, we're back in this. And then you didn't have anything to get over that's that hump.
3: hump. Yeah, no, that's a good analogy. Mm-hmm. And no, that's a, that's exactly what it felt like.
4: the frustrating part of that is because it's the one game last year that was like that. I mean, you had losses last year that were frustrating because you hate losing to Kansas state or yeah, you hate how this one thing happened, but that game, it was like, you, you started off like, hello, did anybody show up to work today? Then they show up and then they were gone again. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. You were picked off five times in that game, but you're right. I mean, wasn't it
3: was it? every by all three quarterbacks yeah, threw a pick. Right? Yeah,
2: yeah, and and uh, Tyler Shuck's first pitch in or first first pass in relief was was a was, the, was a pick
3: taken take the other way. Taken, yeah. yeah he just so taken,
2: took taken. Took it was taken the other way. So
3: <laughs> his first pitch was taken
4: the <laughs> it other was took in the way. Taken the other way. As long as it wasn't taken, <laughs> you know that's a
2: fighting game. And I just wonder. <sighs> I don't necessarily th- know that Baylor was that much better than you, but I, I wonder about all the, the hype around that game with you know Coach McGuire having previously been at Baylor and some of those other guys having been at Baylor and, and Patrick Mahomes coming back and the Ring of Honor ceremony and the I mean there was there was plenty of energy in the in the in the stadium that night uh, but I, di- I just wonder if the, not the maybe maybe it was maybe the moment was just a little bit too too big for him initially. And got out of hand and then like Jeff said Taylor said, "Oh, okay, we're going to we you you ready to play?" Okay, here we go. We're going to put our gas foot mm-hmm. back on the accelerator. Oh. But uh, they're they're excited about going down there and uh, it it will be a tough game and we'll have uh, have it for you on Saturday. Optimum Game Day Live coverage at 3, Saturday morning quarterback, early Saturday morning at 7, and then the game itself from Waco. Uh, the kick is at seven o'clock on Saturday night as you take on a Baylor Bear team that's not had the year that they want to have so far, and neither of you. and they he reiterated yesterday about telling his team, it's time for us to be the team that we thought we were going to be. It's time for you to play like we thought we were going to be. So a little bit of a little bit of tough love there to uh, kind of fire up his team
0: your daily dose of sports and fun this is the morning drive podcast from double t973 presented by cantex roofing and construction jamie lent and jeff
2: mcguire i'm chuck hines great to have you with us yates foreign center chat line is open go to the double t973 mobile app it's presented by happy state bank um one of the things and this is a road game one of the kind of the I guess the or the knock on this program right now or the head coach I mean there's probably some of you that have lots of knocks on this but like the the one thing seems to be the ability to win on the road fair or unfair and I don't know if if it's if it's just the quality of the opponent that you're playing and it just happens to be that you've played a higher quality of opponent on the road. Or if it's truly not being comfortable playing away from Jones Stadium.
3: Well, and let's be honest, it's it, the defensive numbers don't change that much, home to road. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's your offense that's been significantly less on the road. Uh, last year, you averaged just short of 20 points less per game on the road. 20. That's a big number. Yeah. Big number. What is it this year? I mean, I'm i figured it out, but you scored twenty in the first game, right?
2: Yeah, in the in, in Regu- regulation. Oh,
3: okay, so you would you end up with
2: yeah, yeah, so, so, thirty-two. So, so, something like that. I'll give you. Okay,
3: the... well, you've scored significantly mm-hmm. more at home. Okay. Okay, than you have on the road, in those in those two games. You scored thirteen at West Virginia, and you know, and you you weren't. You know, really good in either one of those those games offensively, except for the first two or three possessions at Wyoming. Right? So, yeah. so you got to figure out to a way to take your offense on the road. I don't know if um, you know, Coach McGuire's making those guys sit at the back of the plane or something. <laughs> Maybe we put them up front and let them, or make sure they're not having too much fun on the plane. I don't I don't know what's going on there, but. Uh, Uh, you got to find a way to get your offense going on the road
2: so they lost 35 33 at wyoming um, and they lost 20 to 13 this year at uh, west virginia Mm. and then and then last year you lost 27 to 14 at north carolina state um and then uh in Stillwater last year you lost 41 to 31 in manhattan last year you lost 37 to 28 now those those three games, North Carolina State, they were ranked 16th. K State was ranked 25th. Oklahoma State was ranked 7th. Not trying to make excuses, but it is different. Uh, the TCU game, you lost 37-24. TCU was ranked seventh in that game. So in your in your road losses last year, your four road losses, um, they were all to ranked teams.
3: Okay, so this year, if we just count regulation mm-hmm. in your three home games you've averaged 40 points a game.
2: Yeah, because you, you lost to Oregon 38-30, you beat Tarleton State 41-30, and then you beat Houston 49-28, so yeah.
3: And in your road game, games, you've scored 16 and a half points per game in regulation.
2: Um, You lost 35-33, so you-, uh, you, you Scored 20, 20 in regulation. 20 in
3: regulation. And
2: 13 in regulation. And
3: 13 in regulation,
2: 13 in regulation yeah. yeah yeah. 16 and a half 16 and a half I I believe your math (laughs) I wasn't doubting you he does now (laughs) okay I believe your math 40 to 16 and a half yeah so what's so what's the deal here's so here's what Coach McGuire had to say about
1: improving the road record and you know it's hard I mean you search uh, I I thought um, we were really locked in uh, on the sideline at West Virginia um but, you know, I mean, it, it, we stay in the routine that we're in almost, you know, home games. I mean, the, the uh, we get to the hotel really relatively the same time as we get the hotel on home games. Uh, it's the same routine at night um, and really the same routine, you know, in the morning. I mean, the difference would be if it was a 7 o'clock kick here, we would come over and do our walkthrough in the indoor. But, you know, we had to do every all our walkthroughs at the hotel this week being at home. And so, um, you know, it's uh, got to challenge our guys, you know, to, you know, we've got to play well outside of our comfort zone. Obviously, playing at Jones AT&T and playing in front of our fans is our comfort zone. And so now we've got to, you know, pull closer together in a hostile environment and, you know, play better and get a road win. And so didn't talk about that much yesterday. Um, it really, you know, went through. Um, I think I was asked I think you asked me, Chuck, the other day about the you know plan to win. I mean, we did not lose one single one of those. I think we were uh, four of seven and tied, you know, the other three. And so, really, talked more about that yesterday than um, you know playing on the road. Uh, we'll get into that tomorrow because tomorrow's when we introduce Baylor to the team tomorrow morning before practice. So we'll start talking about that whenever we we get ready for that game.
2: So is it uh, is it comfort zone? Is it level of opponent? Is it being um, in a hostile environment? Is it is it now? Is it in your head?
3: Um, I can't imagine. It's uh, the you know the change of schedule or I I I. I I think I would buy into a little bit that it's in your head. I I, I will say you've played some good teams on the road. Mm-hmm. You did last year, at least.
2: Yeah, you, I mean, the four ranked teams last year. I mean, not. I mean, you want and you want to go into some of those. Play, you want to win those games though, too.
3: And do we want to give credit to Wyoming? You know, who's got just one loss to Oregon this year? Do we want to give credit to West Virginia being a, a really solid defensive team and all heck broke loose for you in that game with? having to play a backup quarterback and um for most of the game who hadn't had a ton of first team reps who was playing in the rain and
2: who dinged up his shoulder in the game so you just don't know what his health
3: was but then we could also say well all of those things factor into you thinking oh you probably should run the football and you chose not to mhm um I don't know I don't, I don't I really I don't have an answer Chuck I, if I did I bet you coach McGuire would pay me a lot of money to tell him what it is
2: There's some yeah they
3: pay p- me a lot probably pay you a lot yeah. you know one of the things he Maybe talked to, get an Nil deal one
2: of the things he talked about before the West Virginia game is he had a conversation with Grant McCaslin about that the basketball coach about playing on the road and he said make your huddle tighter you know and and what he meant by that was have the guys in closer you know and you know where you're basically touching each other and uh you know, I mean, all these coaches—they all have different, all have different kind of remedies. You know, secret sauces and things like that. I don't know. Tom Stone's been pretty successful on the road this year. Yes, hey, maybe,
3: maybe been give him successful a, everywhere. Maybe maybe give him a call. Say, yeah. hey. I, I
4: think the first thing he would say is recruit elite athletes. Yeah. Let them do their thing. Let them be good at what they do. Get a goalkeeper who never lets anybody ever score.
2: Well, I mean it, I mean there is something to be said for it. At some point in time the players got to play, right? And and in the point that you make too about with with everything that you had going on in West Virginia, you know, you really needed that touchdown there at the end to tie the game, run the damn ball.
3: Yeah, yeah. No, I bet you could probably go back to I mean when you think of you know epic per- performances on the road and all that and teams pulling off upsets you're probably going to see I, I mean i don't have any research in front of me on this you're probably going to see really good quarterback play and i bet we could go back and look at a lot of the road losses and feel like we haven't gotten the best out of out of our quarterbacks we surely the end of didn't you surely didn't at west virginia yeah yeah, you surely didn't at, at, in Wyoming this year.
2: Uh, this from uh, Bullfighter, Bullfighter off the yates Point Center chat line. PSA, rain is coming down harder. Flooding is getting worse. Okay, so do uh, proceed with caution uh, today as you uh, make it around the Hub City.
0: The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Time now for Jamie's question of the day on Lubbock Sports Station double t 97 3 you know uh, the name of this song
3: A oh, rainy night yeah but you know who sings it eddie rabbit it does
2: he does, he does. eddie
3: rabbit was my first ever favorite singer
2: really mm-hmm.
3: i have no idea I, my mom probably had a record or something but i used to love eddie rabbit and barry manilow okay when I've, i was
2: really young yeah I, I wouldn't mind seeing barry manilow in concert again uh, i he, think
3: I could think it was probably my mom's favorites and yeah. so I
2: just I'd I'd love for uh I mean everybody else has come here so why not Barry Manilow, you know, come down the street. And he, but Then he'd he leave the Copa. I I know, but he could make it the temporary Copa down the street. Mm. All right, your uh your question is it why am I here? Is that what's that that's everyday, isn't that's it? That's everyday. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> Stopped asking. <laughs> So my question for you guys today is uh will Texas Tech they have not yet so far will Texas Tech have a two game winning streak mm. during this year's football season? Mm.
2: Yeah, I think they will. I think we're I think we're getting ready to to see one like this coming weekend. I think they're going to bust out the you know the the road jammies and you know and it uh they'll kind of <laughs> they'll 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 mess they'll mess around with the tra la la and to come up with the with the winning with the winning potion.
3: When I asked the question, I did not expect to get the word <laughs> jammies in the answer.
4: So there is a thought, though, that maybe they do like a, a silly uniform. Like maybe they all dress up the same on the the flight out, just yeah. trying to a little to, Joe Maddenish. Yeah, a little trying to snap it, mm-hmm. and get shake off the bad juju of going on the road, sure. and have some fun with it. Sure. I like that.
3: Everybody wearing a jersey day or they could have, you know, pajama day. Yeah. Or jammies, as Chuck would say.
4: Just something completely Um, not what they they, have been doing. Like
3: cowboy day. Yeah, something. Like wear boots and hats. Like, uh,
2: you know, or maybe. uh,
3: The baseball team seems to always have a cowboy day when we leave the state. Is that right? Florida or California. Do you participate in that? Of course I do, man. Do you? No. You wear the boots? <laughs> I don't have any of those things. I was going to say, man, I, <laughs> I, don't I want any... a picture of that. <laughs> I, I, I think we've talked about this before. I think it takes, I think a, a broad-shouldered gentleman in mm-hmm. a, a cowboy hat looks extremely distinct and and um classy and all that good stuff but you've got to have the right build for it. Do you think I
4: could do that? Think I could pull that off?
3: I don't know that you and I have the right build okay, for it. I don't it. have cowboy hats
4: don't come in visors. <laughs> True. True.
3: <laughs> I I actually had a guy uh, And I don't think Under Armour makes boots. So.
2: <laughs> actually the guy requests a double T973 visor cuz he saw me wearing one. He, oh yeah. He he uh, responded to a post I put up that nice. he, he wanted. He wanted nice. one of my visors.
3: Uh, I just don't think I. have I don't have the broad shoulders to, to look good in a cowboy hat.
2: I got the broad shoulders. I just don't have enough height. Yeah, and,
3: uh, it's just not me, right? That I, I would look out that. of. Pl- I would look out of place. Yeah, yeah. No, I would I, look like I'd a look. circus clown or something. I don't know.
2: What if. Uh, what if they did like a beach tire, something like that? I was disappointed
3: suit. when this year they one 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 uh, road trip this year the baseball team did jersey day and I was like why did nobody tell me because I, I, I told some of them, I would have showed you guys up so badly.
4: What? what? Uh, Jamie's jersey collection rivals some sports teams. What? Yeah. Uh, but
3: my favorite one was when one of the players wore Gavin Cash's jersey. I can't remember who it was. <laughs> <I laughs> or one of his teammates. Yeah. What
2: jersey would you wear that you own if they, if they did a jersey day? Oh. Let's just say that you could say, hey, pick your jersey. Which one would you
4: wear? You know. I think he would wear his Jordan 45 White Sox jersey because it's the baseball jersey, but also Michael Jordan. I
3: actually just sold a whole bunch of them. Um, I would have gone with the 93 All-Star Game Jordan All-Star Game jersey. Real jersey that hung in his locker at the All-Star Game. How did you get that? Long story.
2: Well, we got three hours. (laughs) It's a. It was the the Jordan ninety three All Star game.
3: The, the one that Magic won the MVP, where he had missed half of the year because of
2: the age being thing. out.
3: Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, I'll try to make this as fast as possible. Okay. Um. So each player has five jerseys in their locker. Okay. Okay. Each player has five jerseys in their locker. Um. A friend of a friend worked at the um. Sporting goods store that sewed the jerseys, the names and numbers on the back of the jerseys, uh, in New York City. Okay, uh, again, friend of a friend, and uh, apparently they had they had the the contract to make the jerseys. They placed the jerseys in the lockers.
2: Where was the game? Was it in New? It,
3: U- it was in Madison Square. It Hunt. was at
2: Madison Square Garden.
3: Okay. Uh, when um, Monday came around after the All Star game on Sunday night. The NBA or Madison Square Garden, whoever calls the Jersey place, sporting goods store says, "Come get the leftovers." Okay, come get the leftovers. So the sporting goods store, I'm sure it was they had you know a contract to do this. They come get the leftovers. Jordan left three of the jerseys there. Okay, friend calls his friend. Friend calls me, says, "Hey, if you want one of these jerseys, we got to know right now. If you want one, tell me who you want. If it's leftover." And I said, I'll take any of the bulls that are left over. But if there's Jordan, that's the one I want. Okay? There were three Jordans left. I got one of the three.
2: And it's curious as to why he wouldn't have taken, why Jordan wouldn't have taken all five with
3: him. Don't know. For whatever some players, Some players, all five were left, mm-hmm. including the one they wore. Some players, there were none left. Jordan left three.
2: And so they were able to, to authenticate that, obviously, so that you could It
3: It was not authenticated. It was not. It was not authenticated. Otherwise, I would have sold it for a lot more. A lot more. Yeah.
2: Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. That's a good story.
3: Yeah. So I got the jersey. You got the jersey for 130 bucks.
2: And you've just and you've just recently sold it. Just recently sold it. Yeah. Wow.
3: Really
4: quick. Going back to the question of the day before we run out of time. (laughs) Yes, uh, TCU Kansas.
2: TCU TCU, Kansas. Kansas.
4: Two game win streak. So,
2: am I listening that you're going to predict a loss for this week?
4: Haven't decided yet. Okay. I also don't think you're necessarily winning next week. So, well, you wouldn't. I haven't decided this week.
3: Well, you wouldn't need to if we were just looking for a two game winning streak. Yeah. Um, this is tough because I'm, I'm, um, what do I think is more likely? You've already got the Houston half of Houston Baylor. Mm hmm. Or is TCU Kansas more likely I think Houston Baylor is way more likely <sighs> and I'm like at 50-50 right now with this game this weekend which of course means that the homer in me will pick us to win so I say yes and it's going to be this weekend
2: of the TCU Kansas combo which you're more worried about
3: Oh, no, Kansas. 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 Okay. Yeah.
0: The Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Jamie Lent and Jeff McGuire. and Chuck Hines.
2: Rangers in uh, the Tampa Bay Rays today at uh, one thirty. play Play-by-play at 2.05.
3: I think Jeff missed his true calling as a baseball PA announcer, mm. on-site events guy. Mm. Because he loves when it rains and he gets to play his rain songs. Mm-hmm. Like you hear at every major league ballpark or sure. minor league or college ballpark. He could be like the
2: the Chuck Morgan. He could be Chuck Morgan.
3: Mm-hmm. He could. Yeah. Stop doing the wave. <laughs> the wave doesn't bother me. It's distracting for the players. <laughs> Disrespectful. Does he say that over the intercom? No, but he wants to really, really badly.
2: Are you a fan of the wave? Does it bother you at all?
3: I have no problem with the wave. If the fans are excited and mm-hmm. are enjoying that, I, I just think about any time you've ever been in a ballpark and little kids doing the wave, how much sure. they enjoy it. Yeah, right. So Okay. So So why are we so worried about it? Um well, I mean he you feels like you're it. not watching the game you're not paying attention yeah. to the game and, mm-hmm. and, and you're distracting to the players. Um I think big league players can put that I, I think they can move on without being distracted by it. But yeah, you notice the over things. the past couple of seasons, it's been way less talk about that. I think he took a lot of criticism over, you know, they were basically telling, I mean, they were at the game telling you not to do it. Mm. And so that's changed. It took a little, took a little yeah. heat for that. Now yeah.
4: you shouldn't do it when your team is on offense.
3: I I don't know. I don't know.
2: Uh, somebody's wanting to know who the Big 12 Offensive Player of the Week was. It was uh, Texas running back Jonathan Brooks. Rushed for a career high, 218 yards, two touchdowns, 21 carries, 10.4 yards per tote. As uh, Texas beat Kansas 40-14. to 14. First 200-yard rushing game of his career. And his third straight and fourth overall 100-yard effort. For that, he is the Big 12 Player of the Week. Okay. Uh, somebody asked you this question and you you responded, but I was once this person asked it, I was curious too about uh who's gonna coach first base for the yeah. Red Raiders.
3: Um I, I think you could it's possible that, that coach Hughes would be over there now, but I think mm-hmm. it's possible that Coach Thomas would be there if Coach Tadlock wants to be a third or I d I don't know. I I my guess my guess is that you'll start the season with Coach Thomas at third and Coach Hughes at first. That'd be my guess. Okay. Remember last year, Coach Thomas was suspended at the beginning of the year for
2: what three games? I think it was six. Six games. Okay. okay.
3: Over went went down in Statesboro, and so with um, the umpire there. So I, I, you know, Coach Tadlock started the season over there, and then he waited a while before he handed that off to to Coach Thomas because he felt like I remember him saying it you know, um, you know, communication issues as far as, um, you know, the routine of the players and all that. And he felt like it would be wrong to change it at the time, at that current time when coach Thomas came back. So they stuck with it a little little while longer and then, and then changed it out. But, um, you know, I think if, you know, coach Thomas is there at the beginning of the year, I bet he's the third base coach and I would guess coach Hughes would be at first, but I do not know the answer to that.
2: Do you think he likes Coach Tadlock? Do you think he likes being over there at third base?
3: I think he does, but he's talked about it's a little bit more difficult, I think he said, for, you know, just the under uh, – I mean, obviously you have signs, right? Sure. Okay, mm-hmm. but he, if he's there in the dugout and the guy's coming through to, to step up to the on-deck circle or whatever, he can give it a little few words, right, yeah. of advice, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, you know, hey, watch out for the breaking baller. You know, do you think he basically... knows
2: all the signs Coach Tadlock?
3: I think he knows the signs. Yeah, I mean,
2: or do you well, think he just says it to one of the guys there in the dugout, uh, tell him to take it, and then they go through all the gyrations. Or, are
3: you serious? <laughs> he's the one giving the signs from the dugout. I
2: didn't know. If maybe he had somebody else that was
3: I don't think Coach Thomas through, is giving the signs over at third.
2: Go, no, but I mean, if he's going through all the, oh, they're go, he's looking, the player's looking in the dugout and Coach Correct. Tedlock's going through. He's doing the, do you know, have you figured them all out yet? <laughs> no? No. <laughs> Can't do all the dance moves
3: <laughs> you've asked me this so many times i know, no. I know but and I, I never will i never ne- i never will
2: because you don't want to or because you don't think that's right
3: i have a job to do i'm focused on uh-huh. the game i, know, I can't be I mean, looking, looking over looking there the
2: dugout, you can go hey jeff move. watch this man hit and run is on
3: i can't see coach tadlock
4: i can't but you
2: see. can on some games right on the road can
4: do you, you see? know all of Gerlick's signals? Cause she makes them too on the side. She doesn't
3: have signals. That and she stomp on the floor and the other players. Too. I, can that. I can feel that. That's what basketball coaches. I can feel that stomp too. Well, there's
4: fingers that give up and, yeah. and hand motions that mean what play they want yeah. to use. Yeah, yeah. I can. Um, this from is the that East. a no? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't know. I don't know them all. No. I, well, I, then I why would Jamie know them all? Well, because she'll say like,
2: shoot it. I mean, it's, oh, that's obvious. Or pass <laughs> it. That's obvious. <laughs> Because they're right there in front of her. That's a, time out.
3: That's always one of my favorite things that parents yell to their kids when they're on the basketball court. Shoot it! <laughs> because I'm sure they're super confident mm-hmm. and in rhythm at that point. Yeah. If they haven't yeah. already gotten into their shot, once yeah. mom yells, shoot it! Yeah, right. That's like, oh man, I got this now. Or you, you got me
2: over there going, no! <laughs> and then they, they, they shoot it and i like, great shot! You know? <laughs>
3: Still trying to. Parents at basketball games are the best, man. Yeah, it's a, it's a clown show. Well, I mean,
2: every sport's <laughs> got them, right?
3: I'm sure. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What 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 is an annoying or crazy thing that football parents yell?
2: Oh, I'm I'm sure that they got something. I've not around the football parents. <laughs> so. the bas- what
3: are we doing? <laughs> what are we- I think the basketball ones are different. They're but I think different.
2: you know the. But again, we talked about this. The call it both ways crowd. Call it both ways, yeah. There's always that, right?
3: There's also
4: the, like, now granted a lot of us are screaming it right now, but the the mom of the running back screaming run the dang ball. Right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Settle the game down, coach. You get the defensive back, let my son catch! Yeah. All those kind of fun things. I saw, um... (laughs) I saw, um... Saw something
2: the other day that you know between Taylor Swift and and uh, Brittany Mahomes. Why is your husband throwing it to the other team and not to Travis? <laughs> What's the football IQ there between those two? Do I know
3: who's?
4: Jack doesn't know.
2: Taylor Swift allegedly said to Brittany Mahomes,
3: "You don't believe that." I don't. I don't. You don't I'm, believe I'm, that. I
2: don't. I was just trying to have a little fun here.
3: Yeah, except that story is so not fun. Okay. The, I mean, I'm not telling that. I'm saying the, the, oh, the, whole the Taylor Swift thing is such a beatdown.
4: It is a beatdown. It You're is right.
3: such a beatdown. And I don't have anything against Taylor Swift. I'm I, Or Travis Kelsey for that matter. No, Did no, you love Travis Kelsey go and the for personality, it? but why? Have a great relationship. I mean, it is overtaken. Oh, my God. The NFL. Mm-hmm. Goodness gracious. It's crazy. It is. Well, I mean, why? Why?
2: Somebody says this, don't need your cowboy rant. I'm sure it's dumb like all your other rants. Oh, wow. Thanks for listening.
3: Okay, well, I want your rant now. <laughs> well,
2: here's so Zeke Elliott the other day and why they did this, I just don't know, but they you know, they honored him before the game. They did a welcome back video. I know,
4: but why? Why because are we doing he was this? a big part of the Cowboys for like 6 years. Really? Yeah. He was a I mean, big part of the Cowboys for like six and, years, and, and he really, he really
2: helped them be. You know, this isn't super, the
4: Ring of Honor. This isn't the productive. Hall of Fame. This is, hey, thank you for your time here.
2: Yeah, well, I, I guess from my, from my standpoint is, uh, I don't think he should be in the Ring of Honor. And
4: did he get put in the Ring of Honor? Not on yet,
2: not yet. But Jerry Jones, uh, basically, said that it, it, it's inevitable. Jones said he will consider him for induction into the team's hallowed consider. Ring of Honor. He's the third time he's the third all-time leading rusher, eighty-two hundred and sixty-two yards. He's behind Tony Dorsett and, of course, the the NFL rushing leader Emmett Smith, who's got 17,162. But here's the deal. Um, he said when asked if he viewed Elliott as a worthy future Ring of Honor member, I do. Yes, I do. I sure do. I, it, to me, nobody else belongs in the Ring of Honor until they put Jimmy Johnson in the in the Ring of Honor. Nobody, there's nobody that has done anything more than Jimmy, and and those and Jerry just needs to put it aside, put his ego aside, and put Jimmy in the Ring of Honor and just be done with it. He's in
4: the Pro Football Hall of Fame for God's sake. Every time he hears that, he delays it another year. So if we'd shut up about it, we might actually get it done.
0: This has been the Morning Drive Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of ninety 973 podcasts at doublet 973com